0: Welcome to the 11 Dubcast. I'm John Ginter, joined by our frequent co-host, Andy Vance. Thanks for coming on
1: i I, uh, I chuckled you said frequent i'm like this is becoming a m- more of a, a regular Look, recurring maybe i can move from uh, guest star to recurring status Recurring in my star. imdb that, profile you're
0: like that character on a sitcom that initially was only supposed to be there for like one or two episodes but the <laughs> the audience reaction was so strong that they just had to make it a recurring character you are our Mimi from the yeah. Drew Carey show all right nice. so I can I could probably that. pull
1: off the makeup too you yeah know? <laughs> I think you look
0: great uh <laughs> Bo is in Florida with his wife celebrating their anniversary so I'm not gonna you can't hate on that I nope mean, not gonna back on him for that he's where he yeah, ought to be out, having a good time it's 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 all good um I will note, however, my, my wife did also went to Florida without me <laughs> recently. What? So no, it was it was a girls trip. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I I, cool. I am not the kind of person who gets you know angry or jealous of that kind of thing. No. Sometimes do a girls trip. I don't. I would like to go on a girls trip.
1: Our time. wives put up with us. They can do what they want.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, this is again. It's still the off season, in case you guys haven't noticed. Uh, but luckily, I think we have some really fun happy story some fun exciting stories usually when we talk in of the offseason we we get in these stories and we we talk about the news that pops up it's this dire like oh god just just kill me <laughs> now wait for the season to start somebody peed in some bushes next to a school or somebody you know pushed a cop outside of the bogey in or something Two so of my
1: favorite stories ever
0: yeah that both both excellent stories but they you know they're just one of those things where you laugh initially and then you keep hearing about it and just like i don't i just I just want football, guys. Let's not do stupid stuff. We do have some stories of import, so we're going to get into that. I want to start off with this. We ended the Dubcast last time talking about the potential new Big Ten commissioner, which I said was the name circulating around, was the, uh, the Northwestern... Uh, ad whose name i've already forgotten because it doesn't matter because it wasn't northwestern's ad it was kevin warren kevin warren is a really interesting figure for a lot of reasons he's interesting because he doesn't really come from the college ranks which i think a lot of people right kind of expected you know they expected Mm -hmm. a guy like gene smith somebody who was really embedded and entrenched in college culture and instead you got a guy who comes from the vikings Uh, kevin warren's got an extensive legal background he got his juris doctorate from notre dame um he has the endorsement of Gene Smith, who I at this point has to be, right? Like the most powerful athletic director in college sports. Like it would am I wrong about that? Do you I think? mean,
1: if it's not him, I'm not sure. You know, there was a time you would have said Swarbrick there at, at, at sure. nb was was one of the, you know, the 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 big men on campus. But me and Gene, I, I mean, I I know that there are still uh a number of vocal malcontents in our fan base at Ohio State who still blame gene smith for you know how the Tatgate gate debacle sure. was handled i am not one of them and i think the people who still grind that x were a wrong and b um need to build a bridge and get on over it <laughs> but but you look at i mean the totality of work uh gene smith's done he's been on every uh panel or blue ribbon commission of import in the last 15 years uh, yeah, I think you hit it on the head, man. And and here's the other thing too. I was seeing today the introductory press conference for our new lacrosse coach. Uh, you know, when he decides it's uh, time to pull the trigger on a hire, I don't. I, I can't find a hire in recent memory that he hasn't just hit out of the park. Goes out and you know picks off a national title winning uh, women's lacrosse coach from Stanford. That was like right. the one, that was like the one sport the Pac 12 had going for it this season was uh, women's lacrosse. You know, they've, they've failed to put a tur- t- tournament team in literally every other tournament of the the major sport. So <laughs> yeah, before
0: I go down, and that you radical. would think, you would think that if you were able to protect a coach, right? Like if you're an AD at Stanford, right? You would believe that if there's one, coach that you think you can probably convince to stay at Stanford and you have the resources and the sway and the influence to make sure that they don't leave it would be something like women's lacrosse but instead Gene Smith does what he does and swoops in and gets the person that he needs to get to coach I look I think he's great if, if Kevin Warren is Gene Smith approved I think that's a pretty damn good endorsement Kevin Warren's got a lot of stuff to do he, he has a really He's got essentially seven months to learn on the job here because obviously his tenure is going to start January 1st of next year. I, I wrote an article about this on Friday. I think there are a number of things that he is really going to have to nail down before that January 1st, you know, kind of rolls around and he has to officially take the job. To me, though, man, I, I think he'll be okay with getting the allegiance of the rest of the Big Ten. I think the coaches will, you know, the coaches will get on board, the ADs will get on board, all that good stuff. Really, in my opinion, his biggest challenge is going to be. I, I'll let me say two. I'll say one, he's got to make sure the Big Ten is well represented in the college playoffs because I feel a lot of people are, have criticized Jim Delaney for not doing enough to push for that, especially if the Big Ten gets left out again this season. That's going to be, I mean, that'll people lose their minds. And then secondly, navigating uh, the new media landscape, which to me, is going to be a mess. And when the Big Ten's contracts start to expire here in about three, four years, then things are really going to get hectic. And that's where his legal expertise, I think, is going to come in handy. Those are my two big things. What, what do you think Kevin Warren's got to tackle here?
1: Well, let's say something about Big Jim Delaney for a minute, because I think uh, you, you hit it on the head. I, I would definitely be one who, you know, just as a pure fan of college football and the Big Ten Conference in general, believe that, he should have been going to war over you know some of the things that have happened uh in in that that playoff you know at least stand up and say something that makes it sound like you're ticked off instead of like eh. well we didn't get in this year maybe (laughs) next time but but here's the you know the the deep politics of that and there was some pretty good content on one of my favorite sports sites 11warriors.com you may have heard of it that (laughs) uh highlighted the reality that Big Jim, you know, threw his lot in with the Rose Bowl and and the bowl system in general some time ago. And what was the incentive for him to try to blow up the system? I mean, the Big Ten's richer than ever. Uh, I mean, right. every year, you know, we're talking about, you know, significant increases in per school revenue as a conference. Uh, that's, you know, here's the other part of it is um, that you you called it the Landed Gentry and what I thought was a fantastic piece uh, <laughs> on on Kevin Warren's to-do list. Um, you know, part of that is you know, the the landed gentry are not only the athletic directors, but uh, also those university presidents, right, who right. play a pretty important role. Even yeah. though no one really thinks about them or talks about them in this context, I mean, ultimately, uh, they're the the eminence the grease behind the conference, um, and and that's that's all part of the puzzle. Do they care about? the Big 10 to the university presence. Does, does Michael Drake and his cohort care about the Big 10 getting left out of the playoff if they're still banking almost 50 or 50 plus million whatever the figure is now per school per year I don't know
0: yeah I don't I don't know that that's super high on Drake's concern list I think here's here's something that Ohio State fans we've discussed this before in the dubcast this is something Ohio State fans really need to understand as much as the athletic department matters financially and you're talking about an income of, I think last year was like, or last time that it was reported it was like 185 million, something yeah. like that. That is peanuts compared to what the Wexner medical center and all the other investments that come into Ohio state mean to the university. That That is nothing compared to the billions of dollars that Ohio state is dealing with when it comes to medical research and things like that. So you guys, <laughs> may and and maybe rightfully so be really angry at at drake i gotta tell you something that's not why he was hired and that's not what the board cares about so that's something that i think people need to kind of wrap their minds around because uh, yeah it would be nice if everybody was on kind of the same team here and everybody was focused on making sure college football was the 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 king here and that ohio state was always getting the playoff every year i I just don't think that's one of drake's priorities i don't think he cares that much
1: and you hit it on the head because if you go to uh, I guarantee you. I, I haven't done this today, but I guarantee if you go to Ohio State's career site, that I mean, there's a a specific page for just the medical center, yeah. and the number of jobs that are open at the medical center right now is more than 500.
0: Yeah, forget it. Yeah. It's crazy. And, it's and absolutely so, crazy. Yeah,
1: just it, that's the big, and uh, so we're also getting ready to embark on a, I think, a, literally a two billion dollar capital campaign sometime in mm-hmm. the, the next year. I mean, it's yeah. S- several commas, uh, before the decimal point <laughs> kind of yeah. business. Now back to Kevin Warren. Uh, I think you, I think you hit it out of the head, but I, I like that whole, you know, throw your weight around and freak out the other conferences because <laughs> big Jim. So what you liked about big Jim. So we kind of said, all right, he's a little bit mad about the conference getting left out of the playoff, but you, you hit it out of the park earlier. When you talk about the media rights deal, a, the media rights landscape continues to shift and change uh with all of the the new entrants that potentially could be in the offing from everything from the Amazon primes to the netflixes to the twitters who all mm. have been dabbling in this sort of over the top uh media landscape so that that that's a um shifting sands you'll have to navigate but you look back to what big jim did when he called espn's bluff and created the big 10 <laughs> network hey that's right hey that's what you're talking about. And you're talking the about thing. the, you know, I'll see you one and raise you one.
0: And I got to tell you something, man, a people, you know, people made fun of the Big Ten network at the Big Ten ad nausea, like, inc- like just to the nth degree when it first started, including myself. Right. You I bet. had Absolutely. so much fun ripping on the Big Ten for having the Rotel advertisements every, like literally every other ad- advertisement was either Barbasar or Rotel but I got to tell you something that still stands as a fairly unique situation in college athletics. You can talk about the sec network long arm network and, you know, PAC 12 and all that stuff. But the fact that the BTN really kind of exists at its own entity and doesn't like, it can kind of farm itself out rather than vice versa. And that is a really big deal. And that's, that's part of why they have such huge contracts because they can kind of control the content. Um, but it's, it's just fascinating to me. And and Jim Delaney, I mean, you got to keep that gravy chain rolling and that's going to be really hard because I have people telling me, I, there was a person in the comments, I think uh, last couple of times we talked about this saying how, you know, I watch all my sports through YouTube now. And it's like, you can, you can do that. And I think more and more people are going to be doing that and whether you can monetize that the same way that, you know, Jim Delaney was able to for years and years and years with these massive television contracts. I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether you can or not. And that's really going to be Kevin Warren's big dilemma here coming up. So I, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's a very, going to be a very interesting learning experience for him. And I think the rest of us, when these contracts expire, next thing I want to talk about real quick, this is uh, urban Meyer has a, a new venture. Right, he's opening his uh, his his local restaurant here. He's going to open up a restaurant in Dublin, Ohio. I believe it's the Pint House. And I just want to ask you: first of all, are you interested in go? Would you want to go to the Pint House? Do you think it's you know does Urban Meyer's name on it? Andy, give you any more motivation to go? And secondly, if you were you know a big shot, right? What what kind of side business would you invest in? Ooh. What is something that you would want to do as kind wow. of your... Cause I've, I, I've always thought restaurants were risky. I always thought that was something that maybe like, I get it. I understand that you can make money on it, but I would have started in a different direction. Made like, so I'm just curious, what would you have yeah. done?
1: There's a, uh, there's a podcast I love called Freakonomics and mm-hmm. uh, the, the uh, Stephen Dubner is the host and he's interviewing. And I don't recall the name of the, the chef, but he's, is um uh, one of these not quite celebrity chefs? Like, if you're a true foodie, you'd heard of him. But if you're somebody oh, yeah. like me who just watches the Food Network occasionally, you didn't. The name didn't mean anything to you. Um, but so he's interviewing him about after years of being a food writer and writing a cookbook and and you know being a food critic so on. He opened a restaurant, and so uh, the he asked this this uh, chef, you know. What's what's the biggest lesson you took away, or what would you, what advice would you impart? That's how he asked it. Yeah, what what advice would you impart to somebody who wants to start, uh, wants to open a restaurant? He said, "Well, um step one, don't." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's exactly what you're saying. Like opening, what is it? Fifty percent of uh, all new restaurants fail within the first year, or something along. Yeah. Those lines. Oh, so it's, it's got I bet it's it, even higher than that. It, it's a it's a ridiculously high failure yeah. rate for a variety of reasons. Uh, that said, <laughs> this is so dumb. So when I was, it was probably my radio days, I don't know, but I, I would joke and say, you know, when, when my rich uncle gets out of the poor house or when I, when I'm rich and famous or something, I had this whole vision for a restaurant and it's kind of <laughs> going to be a, a playoff of, you know, do you remember Dallas? You know, the great 1980s oh, sure. television show is my favorite show on TV. Hey, who Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only person I loved more than JR was, was his dad, Jock. I just thought, you know, Jim Davis as Jock Ewing was like the baddest dude uh, on television. <laughs> and so I had this envision. It was sort of like a cross between the Cattle Barons Club and the Petroleum Club and, okay. uh, you know, all of the like uh, cattle hide uh, upholstery and, and rich mahoganies. And the signature piece, you know, how like you go into restaurants and they have the pictures of celebrities who have been there on the wall and the right. celebrities have autographed the picture. So the hook here was that the celebrity was going to autograph a Stetson hat, and the hat Ooh. would be like in a big trophy case on, you know, like a feature wall trophy case, and so here would be Eddie George's signature on a Stetson. I'm kind you know, of amazed so, at how
0: much you've thought this through, Andy. That's kind I mean, of like incredible. this was this is one of those things, I like, want to go to this restaurant.
1: Yeah, and I probably had this, you know, this quote-unquote dream. I mean, 30 years ago, like, I mean, I was probably a kid or something when yeah. I came up with this. <laughs> and for some reason, like these random details of it have stuck with me, lo these many years later. And and I have never worked in food service a day in my life. And in no conceivable f- variation of my future, could I envision opening a restaurant, but I had it planned out in my head, man. So hey, many man. Urban just live that dream
0: one day and look maybe he had the same dream maybe urban meyer as a young child was like one day i'm gonna open up a house <laughs> after could a successful be it. college football you, you... coaching career now the counterpoint it's is maybe, food at
1: <laughs> maybe maybe the cynical part of me is right though and it's just like hey here's a nice licensing grab
0: <laughs> yeah well and to be fair that's not that's okay too i mean if you've that's got okay a name too. Hey, if you got a name and people are willing to pay for that name, then, then put it on a restaurant. I don't have a problem with that. I, I, and, I think it's- fair,
1: look him like on the Urbanspinthouse.com dot page. You know, it's very prominently as a link to the Urban and Shelley Meyer Fund for Cancer Research. Yeah. So, so I, I'm with you. You know, yeah, you you you've got the ability, do it, and and uh, Urban and Shelley are doing great things in the community. I'm all about it.
0: I just look, I, I think about this stuff because, you know, Magic Johnson obviously is the poster child for this The guy who yeah. made 99% of his money after he retired from basketball and he like bought movie theaters and all these other, like kind of, he he went into all of these different directions that I think people with a lot of money who want to invest don't normally do it. And they were all successful. And so yes. he became this incredibly, massively wealthy dude. Which I mean, obviously, already was, but you know, just kind of adds to that. I just don't know that I go to the restaurant route. And I was thinking about this, like, I wouldn't want to do movie theaters because the margins on movie theaters are just getting worse and worse and worse. So there's no, you don't want to do that. That's that's not a good business, I think, to go into. And then you know, you always see like the the car dealerships. You know, I always remember yep. like Anthony Munoz down Munoz down in uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get this car, lead- and that's great, that's fine, but does it appeal to me? And so I was really trying to think what is a vibrant business that I think I would want to put my name on. And this is of course, assuming that I'm a successful athlete, right? Yeah. So, which since, just to be clear that we're in the realm of fantasy. All right. So I think I would want to put my name on a chain of like, Fitness centers, gyms. I think that would be fun. I think that would be interesting because I look. I like going to the gym a lot. I do that a lot. It's a big part of who I am. I like working out and having fun. I just have never been to a gym where I felt one hundred percent comfortable. And I feel like these huge chain gyms are selling this image, right? That I just hate. I really hate the the LA fitness image and all the you know just the. (laughs) I don't want to call like the Instagram fitness stuff. That's really what it is, and then. Gyms tend to take the opposite track if they're not doing that, where it's like we're just a damn home fitness facility, <laughs> or we're or we're Planet Fitness, where we don't even really care if you actually work out or not. Just show up and eat our pizza and leave. Like I, I want there to be something in between where it's like we're gonna motivate you, but we're not gonna pretend that we're in Hollywood, right? Like I want there to be something collegial and fun. But again, this is all assuming I would have the clout to actually convince people I know anything about fitness, which is not happening. Ever, you know, I'm kind so.
1: of surprised that more people haven't. I haven't like jumped on that concept. It's it's, it seems like a natural CrossFit fit has a
0: little bit. I think, but I I'm think sorry. that that's the niche, but it's still CrossFit's a little, little culty to me. I mean, not, a, not, not, a, not to insult any of our listeners, but it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's not my thing.
1: There's it's a, uh, I remember, and I I've never been there, but I remember when it opened, there was a big deal about uh, Bo Jackson's um sports training place in Hilliard. And yeah. I kind of had the impression that that was supposed to become like the first of a chain or franchise you know type I mean, thing with the boat. I don't know if that ever became a thing <laughs> or not, but so <laughs> like you you apparently have an idea that I think it's got potential, but for some reason nobody's latched onto to it the yeah. uh i, I kind of have a mixed feeling about going back to Urban and his pint house. You know, you'd ask the question, "Would I go there?" Yeah, I will probably go there at some point because I'll feel, I want you know, to like obligated and curious. Yeah. Um, I go to Eddie George's airport location frequently, but I, I to,
0: actually, what's that like? Is I only went to his location on High Street? I've not been to, well, and I'd
1: only ever been the. I went to the one on High Street once, and it was like, eh, I was okay. Yeah. The That's one of the airport's fantastic. I get generally speaking, if I'm if I've got an early morning flight. Um, and you're in the B concourse, man, their, their breakfast, uh, they do this uh, omelet called the big one. Yeah, just go in and get that. It's fantastic. Nice. Best airport food, you know, at Port Columbus for breakfast. Anyway, I guess I've never really been there of an evening. It's usually that's my <laughs> my go-to when I've got, a, got an early morning flight out. Right. But I'll tell you, one of the most disappointing experiences I ever had was going to a Shula's. Uh, I mean, Don Shula was one of the early, you know, like slap your name on a restaurant chain kind of yeah. guys. And Shulas are supposed to be these great, you know, fantastic uh, white tablecloth high-end steakhouses. And they roll out the meat cart and the guys in the white jacket and the whole nine yards. But man, uh, I remember probably 20 years ago going to the one in Indianapolis, so excited because I'm a meat guy. Sure. And I walked away and was like, I threw down a hundred bucks for that. (laughs) (laughs) And was so, so that kind of soured me on the whole thing.
0: Well. We've just lost another listener. Don Shula is just absolutely he not, gone. He he, gone. He's gone. He's, he's done. He's just, he's closed. Gotta, he's clicked out with a fury and he's never listening to 11 more or 11 dub cast ever again.
1: I got to think um, who the, there's a, there's a coach or a, a quarterback one. I want to, does Theismann, does Theismann have his name on restaurant somewhere? I bet he Some, does.
0: That sounds, that sounds accurate. One I, of them, I mean,
1: it's like in Arlington, Virginia, they're outside of DC. Um I bet he does. It's at the bottom of the hill below the George Washington Masonic Monument. And it it might be Theismann. And it's fantastic. The opposite of the Shula's experience. Mm, So you are in Arlington and you're like, hmm, I'm hungry. And you see a football star coach or quarterback restaurant, go there. It's good.
0: Let me give you a throwback, a, a Southwestern Ohio radio throwback uh, in terms of restaurant endorsed, you know, like endorsed bar. So Burbank's Barbecue was like a yeah. treat place to go to when I was yes. a kid. And I didn't know whether they had good food or not. I just know that I listened to Gary Burbank on Center WW, And then I would go and, and see the giant stone, you know, concrete pig in front and just eat, you know, whatever they put in front of me. But that, that was fun. That was a fun little experience the BBC. All right. Next thing we got here is uh you know, more flips. yeah you know, I, I feel like we need if this becomes a theme. And by the way, uh, Kevin noon had a really funny joke about uh sheets flipping to Ohio. Uh, <laughs> so props. To, I got to give him a shout <laughs> on that. Props to him on that. That was that well was done, Kevin. Day. Um but we've got another flip we've got an offensive line recruit uh, Grant Sutton is flipping over from Penn State to Ohio State I think we need to come up with some kind of clever nickname or not clever just you know annoying enough for people not to remember it but for Ryan Day to be able to keep flipping these guys especially from uh, the state of Pennsylvania is pretty hilarious Uh, so you've got you've got a guy coming in 2020 four-star offensive lineman that's what you want to see this is more awesome stuff from Ryan Day in terms of recruiting, I I have no complaints on this. This is the one area, you know, aside from really like how it's going to come out in game day and coaching. We can all dissect that. But outside of like the game day coaching responsibilities that you're supposed to see out of a head coach, this is probably the one area that I was worried about from Ryan Day. Could he sustain the recruiting. And, and right now it looks like they're just getting whoever they feel like. So this is awesome to me. I am super pumped about what he and his staff have been able to to pull out here.
1: Well, what's fantastic about the whole recruiting thing is, you know, there was a conversation to be had here a couple of weeks ago when you're taking some Ohio guys. And and I think some of the people, and, and I'll admit that recruiting isn't the thing that makes my little heart go pitter pat. I'm just old enough to be like, get off my lawn with some of the people that like eat, sleep and breathe recruits tweets and what does it mean? And, you know, so on. Uh, But like one of the things that really just um, amazes me is, yeah, they're, they're kind of walking and chewing gum at the same time here that, Hey, you know what? We're going to take some in-state guys who maybe aren't five stars, but we want them or we like them or we want to, we want to make the point that Ohio matters. And at the same time, we're going to go out and get the ones that we need and the positions we need. And the fact that they're stealing Penn State's candy makes me chuckle in no smart, no small amount because um, yeah. that fan base is well-adjusted and handling it well.
0: <laughs> That's right. Always known as the most sane, stable of all the Big Ten fan bases. You I will you. say, look, here, here's what I would really say. This is why it's important. We talked about this last week a little bit. But Ohio State, if, if you're an Ohio State fan – of football, and you want Ohio State to maintain this hegemony over the entire conference and have this Pax Columbus, right? That just, you know, rules over the entire Midwest, then you have to have recruiting. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was Urban Meyer's lifeblood when it came to dominance in general. The fact that your two, you know, a sensible biggest rivals here in Penn State and Michigan do not seem to be, you know, really making up ground at all. Uh, on you in terms of recruiting is is a huge huge victory for Ryan Day. So this just keeps continuing. I'm super pumped. The offensive line in general looks really. Dowan Jones. Uh, there we had a <laughs> over the weekend. We had a uh, a post about Jones and it. You know jason uh featured some of his basketball highlights that dude is six foot seven 360 pounds and can move he was showing some hilarious the guy was like dunking like doing like some try like he's like trying to like fake out people break some ankles it's it's hilarious because he's so large but it just shows the athleticism the type of player that they're bringing in uh, you were talking before we started recording about like the picture with his family, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, these are all my you know little nieces and nephews that have all come with me. Like it's it's hilarious, but this is this is awesome, and it's it's cool to see that Ryan Day is continuing what Urban Meyer was doing.
1: Yeah, and and I'm you know of course uh Urban always said this is an offensive line driven program, and and the fact that you look down the list of 2020 commits and it's you know tackle center guard, tackle, tackle, you know, boom, 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 like five out of, what is that, 10, 12 commitments, yeah. uh, are, are big-time offensive linemen. Uh, hey, <laughs> this is a good thing. And and you've got guys who are not only, um, you know, big and athletic, as you pointed out with him, but obviously are um, recruits that other schools would sure like to have so hey bonus we get them and uh you don't so that's nice
0: (laughs) And, and sometimes that's what it is right like it's really about okay well we're we're happy to have them but we're more happy that you don't so that's you know and and sometimes that's good too there's nothing wrong with that
1: it's the old um, Woody Hayes thing about Notre Dame, you know that what what he said uh, he was the the second largest recruiter for Notre Dame. Going right, if uh, became clear <laughs> a kid right. wasn't coming to Ohio State, chip him Notre, Notre Dame because then he didn't have to play him uh, exactly once right. a year. That's
0: that's great, exactly right. And there's nothing wrong with. it. I mean, it's it's all part of the game. It's all part of making sure that you know you're you're staying on top. And again, like if that's something that you're worried about with Ohio State, you got to make sure that they continue to bring in the you know the Jimmies and the Joes. For the X's and the O's, so to speak. Here's all right. So, last item of note before we get into Ask Us Anything.
1: The most important topic of the day coming. I think it's the most
0: important topic of the day. This is the one that I personally enjoy talking about because look, if I had a lot of money and I were in my twenties you couldn't tell me what to wear. Somebody would be like, you know what? I think you should be, I think you should be maybe styling up. I'm like, no, no, we're going to do whatever Johnny wants to do. I've got tens of millions of dollars. I'm wearing whatever the hell I feel like. And I thought it was hilarious that I don't know how many years ago it was, but I remember they were telling NBA players, like you gotta, you gotta class it up a little bit. I'm like, you know what? Let them wear whatever the hell they want. D'Angelo Russell has just been named by GQ magazine as the most stylish Buckeye, our, our own Kevin Harris was right on top of that. I'm sure he had a I'm All sure he had a it. news alert set for when GQ announced that. So D'Angelo Russell, I, I may not agree with his stylistic choices most of the time, but I do appreciate the fact that he is one hundred percent his own man and is wearing whatever the hell he wants to wear, and you can't tell him not to do that. I just I appreciate that. I think that's great.
1: I think the number 1 thing about fashion and style is you got to own it. Yep. Uh it's got to work for you. And and as long as you're confident in it, man, anything goes anymore, yep. right? What is, what is fashion like uh, you know, you, you you might look at some of these snaps from his Instagram feed and be like, "Really? That's <laughs> that's what you're going with?" His hey, style's cut? not my style, but
0: you know what? It's cuz I couldn't pull off that look. Let me ask you this, do you have the do you have the article up? I do indeed. Can I ask you this? So which of the attached pictures that Kevin has surely saved to his hard drive and burned into his memory would you personally rock? Which which of these styles would you go? All right, I'm gonna do that. Um,
1: so the challenge I have with literally any of these is so what's what's D what's
0: D Russ's stats? He's how tall, how heavy? He's so I th- I believe he's six foot four, six foot three, six foot four, and he's probably I would guess probably around 180, 190.
1: Yeah, so my my challenge here is that while he's a bit taller than I am, you could fit him in the left leg of my blue jeans, right? So <laughs> I understand I'm, I'm, that. Well, let's let's say we're scaling these him. things up. We're scaling oh, okay, okay. up the material, right. so I'm going gonna look as to look as good. In his okay, pant. so probably that uh, that that sweet suit that he's got. Uh, what is it about the third pick down? Yeah, Ooh, with uh, the white shoes. kind of sharp gray. It's it's got a nice pattern in it. Um, Yeah, I, that, that that that's a look. Good. Uh, th- that's a look I could I could get on board with um I also kind of dig uh, the socks on the outside of the pants aren't a thing for me but I could get I could get with his sort of matrix look with the scarf okay um I could go with that the socks uh, the socks are a non-starter for me uh, uh socks don't go on the outside of your pants I'm I'm, right, I'm not right. on I'm not on board with that but everything else about that you know I could get I could get on that
0: yeah, I can't. I mean, look, I agree. I'm not a big fan of the socks on the outside look, but the suits, some of the suits look real nice. I you like know, that. The I, I kind of appreciate that the stylish jean jackets coming back. I got to tell you something, though, that moon jacket, that yeah. moon trench coat that he's wearing. Is that doing it for you seven first of all 34 year old johnny would definitely wear it 17 year old johnny 17 year old johnny would never take it off that would be my only item and it would look amazing i i am a huge fan of that
1: do you know what i like about that outfit so this kind of goes back against what i said about the socks a minute ago so Mm -hmm. if if the boots, uh, if the shoes were more like paratrooper boots, you know, that the blousing of the, the trousers yeah, around cool. like, you know, some, some, uh, nice pair, you know, Corcoran jump boots like that. I, okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Cause the blouse look looks better than when he had them just sucked in tight in the, the slim fit trousers with uh, the matrix scarf look so maybe
0: maybe. i like the hoodie over the the trench coat too i think that's kind of neat like i I, you know that's it's not a bad look so you know what gq this they've done it accurately uh d'angelo russell i mean look russell russell westbrook is definitely up there i mean if you've seen some stuff he wears that guy fashion plate does not Does not have any lack of confidence in his own style, but yeah, D'Angelo Russell, good for you, dude. So that's that's kind of the potpourri of the offseason that we're continuing to you know waft through our nostrils as we get through these these lean summer months. But if you like to continue listening to this, please please continue to rate, subscribe, uh, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever your podcast, and go ahead and check out our dry goods store. We've got a lot of great stuff there drygoods.11warriors.com. Uh, Let's do Ask Us Anything. I'm excited. I love Ask Us Anything. We got some really good questions this week. So, (laughs) by the way, way, Andy, we also have a question, which, fortuitously, you can help us out quite a bit. Oh, good. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So, I'm going to start off with this from Suncard. I'm very excited about this question because it actually fits in perfectly with something I've done in my capacity as a teacher. Suncard wants to know, what conspiracy theory do you believe and what conspiracy theory do you want to believe? Oh, I will start with you. Wow.
1: Man. That that's wow. That's tough. (laughs) Most of the conspiracy theories are out there. Like I hear them and I think how unhinged or just generally ignorant of how the world works do you have to be to buy into that
0: oh yeah another a lot of most of 99.999 percent of them are just Uh, uh, completely
1: yeah boy the one uh, oh, god I, I can't talk about this one cuz it's political though uh the 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 one that i myself uttered <laughs> during the last presidential campaign was that uh one of the presidential candidates was actually a uh, a manchurian candidate from the other party like that was my <laughs> that was my i'm like cuz it's just And that does could not apply to any other candidates. so that's yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah that's why i'll i'll just keep it vague but i was like this yeah. just does not compute with me this person does not a candidate from this party that does not they do not fit uh, all right that was What's my one that, that you really and,
0: want to believe is true oh, but you know what, isn't
1: roswell right you know like <laughs> they're area 51 sign me up for that i'm not yeah. really like a it's the aliens kind of guy but there's just something about like something's out there somewhere yeah. and the idea that we haven't found it yet mm, i don't know it almost strains the bonds of credulity Okay, so yeah right. in 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 the deserts of New Mexico, there are little green men buried in those hills.
0: nice i so here's the reason why this is very a very good question for myself. I actually have taught it for several years actually a a conspiracy theory class. I love and this, but you do about- this. Now, I want you to understand something. And, and I tell this to my students, too. When I tell them that we're going to learn about conspiracy theories, when I when I tell them the premise of this class, like, oh, we're going to get to learn about conspiracy. And we're going Shane Dawson and blah, blah, blah. Shane Dawson's a YouTuber for literally everyone else listening to this. Yeah, I didn't uh, hear that. <laughs> <theory>. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I was gonna, like, no, 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 children. This is we're we're debunking conspiracy theories. We're talking about where they come from and why they develop and things like yes. that. Don't Don't get too excited. But I know a lot about conspiracy theories and I know many many different conspiracy theories here's here's what i'll say the one that i kind of believe in and it's little tongue-in-cheek when i talk about it and it is related to college football um is that i truly believe on some level and and again i don't know how ironic i'm being when i say this uh that i think some of the bowls have been either now or in the past a front for laundering money and i am i swear <laughs> to you I have no proof of this. I have no one, like no one's ever told me anything. I don't have any like secret documents. I just really, I, I can't fathom or understand why a bowl that consistently gets a couple hundred or thousand people showing up on a regular basis and then has like a rotating league of sponsors. There's gotta be some level of graft going on there. I don't, mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I, there's gotta be some kind of, of, of play. So, I think some of them might be a front for laundering money. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. I could.
1: I could get on board with that.
0: <laughs> uh, the one that I really want to believe. I have a story about this. I was walking down High Street one day, and I I just moved into my apartment. This is when I first moved up here for the job that I had, and. Uh, I wanted to get a, a mattress because my my mattress literally was like thirty years old. It was a hand me down from my my mother's brother, so it was really old, just falling apart. And I go into this mattress store on High Street, which is stupid because any any mattress store on High Street is <laughs> going to be absurdly expensive. So I walk in and I see the prices, and I walk out. But on my way out, I see this like it's got to be like a seven foot by five foot or eight foot by five foot blown up picture. Except the picture sucks. It's terrible. It's literally just somebody's Polaroid of their backyard. And it's it's like you'd see part of the patio and the mm-hmm. deck. And I'm like, this is, why the hell? Why would somebody pay what had to have been hundreds of dollars? It's like a glossy poster of this terrible <laughs> thing. And so I was like, I was befuddled. And so I asked the person who owned the, the shop. I was like, what's the deal with this, this photo? And I noticed there were like four or five other ones around the store of the same kind. And she's like, oh, those are orbs. like what are you talking about (laughs) what are orbs and she's like yeah there's spirits of the dead and i'm like what what are you talking about and she's like do you see those little flashes of light like in the picture of the back i'm like yeah dust and she's like no 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 no. those are orbs those are those are beings There's spirits all around us and when you take pictures with flash photography in a dusty room apparently they're everywhere yeah so i was like that's great and then i just left Like i gotta Um, go that interaction (laughs) has stuck with me for a long time (laughs) and i wish she was right i that is such a nice beautiful sentiment that is also insane Mm. that i just you know that would be cool if she were right i that's Mm. all i'm saying so i i want to believe it i don't believe it i want to believe it but it's it's bonkers and and by the way I've I've mentioned this on the dubcast before. Look up Rainbow Sprinkler Conspiracy Theory on YouTube. I'm just telling I'm not gonna spoil it. Just look up Rainbow Sprinkler Conspiracy Theory. That's all I'm oh, gonna say. Okay. All right. Next one here. This is from Bill Medina. This is again, this is where your your expertise is gonna come in handy, uh, Andy. <laughs> uh another Game of Thrones question. These game of Sweet. thrones <laughs> questions. Like keep Carla going. Hay, these are like lice. They are not ever leaving this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um do you think in the books uh where they can develop the storyline better that Bran may actually end up being a villain? Um, and then all well, well, he's got a follow-up question that we may save for another week, but let's just stick with that. Do you think Bran can develop into a proper villain in the books?
1: Yeah, so I thought it was interesting. You know, well, the fan theories are a fun sub-genre anyway, I guess. But the, the one where you know Bran is the Night King um was one I found intriguing because Bran as a character I find intriguing and, and I have to say book brand more so than TV brand um, book brand. Yeah. I find to be a rich, interesting character, TV brand. I was like, giving give him to the white walkers. I don't really care. <laughs> um, it yeah. just didn't, you know, it didn't do it for me. And whatever happened to Mira Reed? I don't know. She sort of disappeared. She so, got mad
0: because she was, you know, because brand didn't give her a kiss or whatever. And she yeah, peaced peace out, peace out
1: homie. So I yeah, you know what? Uh, it's interesting because some of the things I've read lately seem to suggest that Martin, you know, kind of pointed um uh D&D toward this whole yeah, well Bran's going to be the king obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he had to tell them, and it's like, well, if that's the case, then I guess maybe. But you look at what happened here, so if you take what happened at the end of the series, uh, with Bran, you could kind of paint him as a villain because what's he doing here? He's he sent John, who really is the true heir to the throne. He sent him off beyond the Wall. Have a nice life. See ya, yeah. um, Arya. Now she's going off past the Smoking Sea to do God only knows what. Sansa's gotten um, you know her wish. The North is up here, um, you know, happily removed from the Six Kingdoms and no longer presumably a threat to him and in whatever he's building down here. Uh, he's got. His minions now running the country while he goes off and tries to warg a dragon,
0: right? Um,
1: <laughs> hey, who's to say he isn't going to become a villain as soon as he finds the dragon? I, yeah, who's you know, to I say, say he isn't already?
0: Right? right? I mean, that's
1: exactly right. I kind of yeah. like he shanked Jon Snow here, is what? A, what? Because he's the one who's right. like, hey, you know, Jon? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this, but you're a Targaryen, and you should totally tell your aunt Danny at the worst possible time, right? And he
0: pushed yeah, him into it. Here, here's the thing so i actually agree with you that you know book brand is a way more interesting character than tv brand i think that's probably the case with a lot of the characters obviously yeah, for but, sure uh, part of the reason why is because brand in the books is so much younger than in the show yeah. and brand in the books is like i think he's eight or nine really when he when they start the whole thing maybe 10 he's really really young and you know initially george r, r. martin wanted to have this time skip you know to kind of make things right. a little bit more sensical when it comes to these people leading you know armies and things like that and riding dragons but to me i'm actually glad in the one instance where i think this works out is where bran is so young because to him everything is like the craziest most mystical thing in the universe and and he he's this befuddled little kid and I, i really appreciate that about him I mean, I I see him maybe on the throne at the end of the series. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a villain. I also think that he's going to be completely out of his element and and befuddled. And I, I don't know that you're going to see the kind of like detached brand that you saw on the show i think it's going to be a little bit different than that i think he's going to be overwhelmed with what he experiences and it's going to be and maybe that's where he becomes a bit of a villain or something like that but i I just think he's going to be a more interesting character than you know zombie boy who sits in a wheelchair and, and just kind of is cryptic like that's i think he's going to be a more interesting character than that uh last one here this is from uh this is from james and you know, Alvin, you sent in a great question. I feel like we covered a little bit about uh, the next Big Ten commission, but let's let's do James here. Um, he asks, "Would you rather have Ryan Day as head coach, but switch over to the West Division with UM as a crossover protected rival, or keep Urban Meyer but stay in the East?"
1: Hmm. Boy, that's a yeah, that's tough. And I and I say that's tough. On on the one hand, you know, you play. You play if you if you've guaranteed that you're gonna play Michigan every year as your protected mm-hmm. crossover rivalry, then okay, I guess it doesn't necessarily matter um to right. me which side of the conference I'm in. You know, do Because yeah. if you look at it right now, Ohio State's conference schedule is gonna be pretty rough, you know, at the end of the, the end of the season right. in particular. You know, you've got these these great matchups stacked up where you look and say, Oh yeah, we, you know, West's more of a cakewalk. But it's not like you haven't played those teams you know consistently in the past so it's you're not like oh gee golly we're not going to get to play uh you know michigan state every year or whomever pick a team you know we're going to play indiana every year whatever it is sure. um so that doesn't necessarily bother me the more intriguing part of that question is keeping urban urban versus taking ryan day um i i think i think i'm okay with a change in leadership at this point um i think is a good time i think it sets up an interesting situation where like our back to our pint house conversation this is the first time in a while where you well if ever that you've had a coach go out on their own terms right ohio state was the graveyard of coaches that's right um woody got fired you know earl earl got fired cooper got fired trestle got fired this is you know okay urban got fired <laughs> you know maybe <laughs> you look when i look yeah, at it that way yeah getting it was gonna leave uh you know, it's a little different scenario, right? You know, he sort of went out on his own terms and he went out on a high note. Right. With, uh, with, with the, 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 the winning, Rose Bowl. Win. Yeah. The Rose Bowl. Right. So that's a big deal. Yeah. I'd say, look, I, I think it, I was okay with a leadership transition at this point in, in yeah. my life.
0: Now, if Ryan day goes out and, you know, is seven and five every year, I don't think. We'll see, yeah,
1: see me in nine months.
0: <laughs> that's right. So I think that's really what we need to know to kind of answer this. I, you know, I like new blood. I like new things. I, but on the other hand i also like winning <laughs> so i think the jury is still kind of out on this last question from james Zangle or james angel and last uh last question i guess for the dubcast because we're about to wrap this up do you like odot highway sign puns or puns in general puns are good sign yeah. puns
1: are fine with me i love them um, i love them yeah. i think they're great what, 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 what i mean don't we all need a little bit more humor in our lives
0: yeah i love, I love them and
1: i love dad jokes <laughs> My kid's yeah. in the phase right now where she likes to tell me knock-knock jokes. Some of them make no sense whatsoever, and I laugh like a damn fool every time.
0: I'll tell you what, go to, go to niceonedad.com. Go to dad.com. That is a repository of dad jokes. It was created by a, uh, a software engineer in California. And the only reason why I know that is because I looked them up. Uh, I did a, Whois search and I sent him a message on Twitter and said, thanks buddy. And he was like, you're welcome. And it was great. It was the best interaction I've ever had in social media. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. O dot puns. Great. Keep them. All right. So that's ask us anything. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for coming in. I'm sure we will talk to you soon. Uh, and it was, it was great. It was a great time.
1: I love it. Had a blast. See you next time.
0: Yep. See you next week.